we read a lot of press releases for a lot of cars. Yeah. We drive a lot of cars. We <laughs> want to know what the manufacturer thinks of them and says about them and that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure I have ever read a press release with more of two things. One, how many things were new, all new, very new, super new, and how many things had a specific handcrafted Japanese name for them? Okay. And in the Mazda CX-90, we have tapped the scales on both. Our, yes, yes. I, it's I mean, all very new, and it has very <laughs> many custom, personalized, hand-done Japanese things yes. in it. Yes. But there isn't a press release from any manufacturer that doesn't give a glowing review of their own car. No, they, no. They say, well, this is our thing. This no, is our Mazda's best ever. No, Mazda's not unique in that regard. Every car is the best car right. ever based on the press materials. And I'm not, I'm not actually slighting that. I just, there were many, many new things. And not new bad, new good. All new, full-size platform from Mazda with a rear-wheel drive biased, longitudinally mounted, straight-six engine. Yes. Nobody's doing that anymore. True. Not new. Not all new. All new. That's all new. And so that, the zero behind the nine. That's, that's new. all new. Yes. All new. Yes. We made fun of Mazda when they randomly dropped the CX-30. We were like, what's this doing here? Now they've slowly changed all of their nomenclature. <laughs> I'm build the CX-31. The 30, the 50, the 90. You know it. <laughs> the CX-90 replaces the CX-9 as the seven-seater in the Mazda lineup. Their yeah. new kind of halo car with this brand new straight six. Have I said new enough? Also has an all new eight-speed auto automatic that does not have a torque converter it has a wet clutch aha uh -huh, yeah well that's new mm, that's new it's very new cx90 phev it's new for the american market for the north american market yes it is well this is bigger in every conceivable way than the cx9 it's mm -hmm. bigger better it should be uh-huh and I have mixed feelings about this, Okay. mainly when it comes to its competitors, but you're okay. right. We're in the PHEV, which means we don't get the inline six. We only get yes. the inline four, that 2.5 liter, yes. which makes 323 horsepower and 369 pound-feet of torque combined with, with, the, electric, with yep. the electric motor. Mm -hmm. And it uh, doesn't sound that great. It's okay on power, and, and you'd think that sounds like, you know, decent, and it, it is. It's just not a standout. It doesn't feel like a standout. I agree. And the big problem is this weight of the battery and the configuration of the drivetrain that's all new mm -hmm. prevents you from having a 5,000-pound towing capacity, which is what people are looking for in this range of SUVs. In this class, mm -hmm. this category, having 5,000 pounds matters. Well, you do get that with the properly equipped in line six, the turbo or the turbo S. Yes, which I, I want to stop you right there and say, when's the last time this happened? This is one all new vehicle with 11 trims and three engine configurations. Yes. And the Turbo S? Yeah, Turbo it? S. Sounds yeah. kind of, who, uh -huh. who does that sound like, yeah, right? They have a they're, Turbo. They're taking a page. They have this PHEV. Out of the Porsche manual. And they have a Turbo S, uh -huh. yes. which is the same engine, but like cranked up. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that's what Porsche, That's what Turbo, that's yeah, what they're doing. That's what Turbo S means, right? According to Porsche, right? But here we are in this uh, just over 5,200 pound SUV that moves adequately. It's fine. And there are things that I like about it, like some of the styling elements. And I do think it looks better than one of its main competitors, which is the Toyota Grand Highlander. Mm. But the biggest thing about this is MPG. Yep. That's why you are looking at this. Yep. You've got your brood, you've got maybe some towing, and you want MPG. Now, this, the fact that this is a plug-in hybrid means you can get, Mazda tells us, 26 miles of range. Yep. But when I come to the combined totals yes. for everything, yes. the Turbo S engine gets 25 miles combined. Mm -hmm. The Turbo version gets 25 miles combined. Uh -huh. Guess what this gets? That's right, 
when it's gas only, when you m will probably be running it, yeah. you know, the, the gas motor is recharging the battery because you probably forgot to plug it in, it gets 25 miles to the gallon combined. I I'm very glad you noticed that as well. Some people have tested these and actually got better than Mazda, but Mazda's claiming that combined figure of 25 mm -hmm. for all three. For all three. You would think there would be variation, but you would also especially think that this would look a lot better in that comparison. Now they're talking about it being 56E, which is the weird that's, calculation that's that the combined because you're, you're using, using the, the electric, the, yeah. and then you go to yeah. gas, and you get to a tank of gas, maybe it's 56, whatever. The great thing about plug-in hybrids is if you can use them entirely as all electric, True. Then you can get yourself a lot of savings. And this does that okay, and I want to come back to that. Okay. But it is amazing that we have three drivetrains. This is the least interesting, and it doesn't help you on miles per gallon. Let me tell you a little bit about the Toyota Grand Highlander. Oh, okay. In every hybrid flavor, all the versions, every hybrid version of the Toyota Grand Highlander, it gets 30 plus. They're all in the 30s for city, highway, or combined. Now, the Grand Highlander is not a plug-in hybrid. You cannot use it True. only True. as an EV. Yes. But for the most part, I'm trying to determine if you're buying this, are you plugging this in? Because Mazda claims it only takes a couple hours to recharge it, and that's fine because it's you know not the biggest battery in the world. But I, I think true commuters are plugging in their, their PHEV vehicles. Yes, I would. I don't know that you're really paying as much attention to your SUV because, well, the gas engine will recharge it, and I forgot to last night, or we had to park outside, or something like that, and you just neglected somehow to plug in your SUV. It'll happen for the first four months after you buy this. Maybe. And then the guild will be off the lily, and then you will forget to charge your vehicle. And you'll just rely on the ability, uh, the setting down here, where you can use the gas engine to recharge 100% of the capacity, which mm -hmm. actually is nice. Like all PHEVs, it yeah. will recharge itself. Yeah. You can also save the electricity for later. And as somebody that now owns a PHEV, I will say that we do plug it in a lot. You so do. maybe okay. you'll be in the pattern. Maybe you'll use it all the time. I do think are we in the pattern. I do think that if you are a person who who that twenty six miles gets most of what you're getting done, this starts to be interesting because things like the Grand Highlander aren't offered in in PHEV to do all electric. True. However, I do think that when you have the big family hauler, what you're counting on is lots of mileage. Yeah. And at that point, the hybrid starts to shine, and this. I sit here and go, if I'm not going to get any better miles per gallon, why don't I get the more interesting engine? You have to have a very light foot to prevent the gas engine from kicking on to recharge True. your engine, True. your battery. Yes. You got to really just be careful because be very even easy in EV mode, you got to, well, don't, don't wake the engine up. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> you have to be very easy about it. You're right. Otherwise, just it will. I mean, granted, we're at altitude. We do a lot of hills. Depending upon where you are, maybe it's not going to be a, an issue for you. But it's like I agree. a game. It, it, is, it is actually fairly easy to use too much of the accelerator pedal yes. and the gas engine's running now anyway. It doesn't matter yes. what your setting is, for sure. Well, because then you're like, oh, all that EV torque, this is great. And guess what you do? You push even harder. <laughs> what else you got in it? Yeah. So I appreciate what Mazda is doing, and I like how it drives because it does drive better than most SUVs, mm -hmm. but it's still a big, heavy yes. six, seven, or eight passenger SUV, mm -hmm. which means it's never going to really be great at handling despite Mazda telling us that it will break the inside rear wheel around corners. Which is something that they've, they've done to, to help with breaking for a while. Stability, and, yeah. and they'll, you'll feel it in the 
composure. Double wishbones up front. Double wishbones, Mazda true. Mazda knows That's how to true. do dynamics. Their stuff almost always is the most interesting to drive of whatever market they're competing <laughs> in. True. Okay, yeah. so this yeah. is way up there as far as these seven-seat unibody SUVs. This is up there as far as being decent to drive, and I want to talk about it more when I'm over there. But I, I, mm, I want this to be more exciting and interesting and obviously good than it is. It would be more exciting and interesting if it weren't painted white. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, this is an extra super-duper white <laughs> with a, a little bit of flake in it yeah. that they charge you extra for. Yes, white is cheap paint. Mm. Just, um, the shifter's weird. So I, The shifter takes getting used to. I agree. It does. <laughs> so the, the park setting is over to the left at the top, mm -hmm. and then you have to be very deliberate and shift to the right, and then you've got R&D. Maybe that prevents people from... Uh, just practicing bad habits. Accidentally toggling. It yeah. also reminds me, remember the old school Mercedes shifters? The reminds me of that. We had to come out of park and go through it. It's that kind of thing. It's got a notch for park, and then you get over and you go forward and back. I think that actually ergonomically and safety-wise is probably a smart choice, but we're in a world where if the shifter looks like that, it's a toggle. It's That's, a toggle. You're right. And you and I You're drive right. everything, mm. and so we just assume it's going to be a toggle. If you buy this, you'll learn it week one. True. You won't ever True. think about it again. We drive so much stuff that looks like that and it just works like a toggle, forward, back, whatever, that this has a, an obvious extra motion to it, which is a little bit off-putting. Let's talk about the exterior styling. Very few things look good. Very few vehicles look good in white paint. I don't like it here because it doesn't accentuate what Mazda has done. Despite the tumble home being very upright, the greenhouse, mm -hmm. how, how vertical these windows stand. It feels yeah. kind of like a minivan in here. Well, you get this big airy feeling, and that's sure. because the windows are practically vertical, but they did put nice fender flares on this, which actually mm -hmm. is accentuated because the body side is actually kind of concave. The problem is it's a huge, tall body side, and even though this has off-road mode with the plastic cladding around the wheel wells... Everything's better with cladding. You knew that. Put cladding <laughs> on it. It'll look better. We'll, just, we'll go to lunch. To do that. Yeah. In a different color, it looks actually quite remarkable. Mm -hmm. The front is actually a really nice iteration and uh, next generation of Mazda's theme with that bright work enclosing the grill and the headlights. It's actually really pretty. The taillights actually work to break up this huge, large rear surface. It's a lot going on back there, but I do like the profile. I like the proportions of this, and it looks like long hood. I mean, it looks like inline six. That's mm -hmm. what's, it does. what it long looks engines really cool. yes. always dictated the proportions yep. of the vehicle. And they always and, and they always look good. really cool that yeah, way. I, I mean, agree. It yeah, kind totally. of looks BMW esque. I mean, it has that kind of shape about it. It's That's a gorgeous good. shape. That's I actually good. feel like the the way the rake of the rear is on some angles looks a little weird. Looks a it little does. like bulbous and not quite right. But <laughs> not most all of the, the shots time, are money shots. No, it, true, but but most of the time this is a spectacular looking thing, yeah. and I do think colors help it immensely. Granted, we're not fans of white. They, they're offering a new red color in this. They're also offering a two tone tan and black interior, which I wish we had a red one with that combo I because agree. the tan and black interior is gorgeous. On the interior, this is a very very nice place to be, and it feels really high end. Pretty much any version of this you get tops out around sixty grand. Now, on one level, sixty grand is a lot. Another level, everybody in this segment is competing at sixty mm -hmm. grand or above. And Mazda is trying to inch their way away from the Kias and the Toyotas and toward the BMWs. That's where they're positioning themselves. You can tell. And so, in that regard, this is the affordable option. The seats are pretty good. The materials are nice. I like the look of it. It's not as roomy as you'd hope. Second row has good space for mm -hmm. my knees, uh, long legs. That's Third good, row is but kids. Third row is 
chop it's, your it's legs off. Kids, I struggled to get back there to turn the camera on. So it was it, it's difficult. Now you can yeah. get two benches if you want to be an eight config, a person configuration. This one is the is the uh, actually kind of the captain's chairs idea, though. but no, it doesn't help the back seat at all. The, uh, the of course these the second row slides forward and aft. It's all the way back, and it's enough space, but not a resounding amount of space. There's plugs everywhere. There's cubbies. It's it's a very nice place to be. It is. I agree. The Toyota Grand Highlander can actually fit an adult in the third row, which is why I keep bringing it up, and mm. that's what this is losing to, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. It, it has its place, but if you like the styling, you like the interior, it, I, I think it is a little bit more luxurious and high-end feeling, even though I would take the Toyota over this, just because at this level, usability is what it's all about. It, mm. it almost mm. doesn't matter about style. It does, but mm. you have to point. have towing capacity. You have to have good mileage. And you have to have usability, and especially if you're buying a third row, it almost doesn't matter if you buy a third row and only kids. That's every manufacturer. The ones that set it apart are the Grand Highlanders. The ones that can pull off something more than kids, that's fair. And that's still not a body on frame. You can still go bigger. Mm. I do like the steering wheel. I like the the steering wheel spoke here. The center spoke kind of mimics the shape of the the Mm -hmm. grill surround. There's some nice tie-ins. This puffy padding part of the dash reminds me of the CX-50. I... I'm not a huge fan of it. We don't <laughs> need it to be puffy and bloated. It just looks swollen to okay. my eye. And it makes the radiuses just It's, a, it's an overstuffed couch infected. feel, Paul. I, it's just, just an overstuffed couch. And then, then you can do this, which only automotive journalists do. And you can go, oh, soft touch. <laughs> soft touch. Which we're <laughs> obsessed with. And so now yes. look, it's soft touch. <laughs> but the HVAC controls make sense instantly. They're Absolutely. very yep. easy to use. They're, great. They're actually a pleasure to use. And then USB-C ports everywhere. So we've got them, uh, let's see. Center console here. We've got they're, them. They're back there for both rows of got yeah, their both own rows, plugs, and, which and then is all the way in the back. And then uh, AC uh, plugs on both sides, which is actually pretty interesting. And then your plug for the vehicle fits under that floor in the back, and pretty good uh, uh, space back there. I yep. really, uh, I really like it. I, I so. think if if you're not shopping for a full usable three rows, and you can put little ones in the back, this has got plenty of space for all of that. When you put that third row up, it's it, it's competitive amount of space back there. It's not a lot okay, with the yeah. third row up. That's it's competitive, yeah. which, unless you're going to go body on frame, Suburbans, Expeditions, etc., you can't mm-hmm. get three usable rows and space behind. This is the level below that, still the unibody, and this is right about the right size. The CX-9 was small in this market segment. Mm-hmm. This one has actually grown enough to feel competitive. Everything's getting bigger. Are you ready to drive this I am ready to drive. I have much I'm, to say. I'm already in sport mode, so... Okay. I may back it off a bit because, you know, oh. ooh, sport mode. I mean, I don't have yeah. enough juice to put you in EV-only we'll, we'll mode. It it, we'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We could reset our camera white balance with the exterior of this car. <laughs> you it's, could. it's glaring. Yes. Uh, that's going on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give away the headline right now. My big takeaway when driving this in all modes, I did charge it almost a full capacity one night mm-hmm. and I used it in all electric mode I've used it in sport mode I've used it in all the modes I think I had it charging for about four hours on a normal household wall plug and I think it got to uh, 20 miles out of a possible 26 so it's not that bad 
Okay. Okay. So if you plug it in like your phone at night, you have all your charge in the morning. If you're not using much more than 26 in your day, you may get all electric done with this, which is fine. Uh, back to your point, though, be very careful with that accelerator pedal to not wake up the gasoline motor, and then at that point you're getting normal miles per gallon. All is lost. Mm -hmm. There is um, no point in living anymore <laughs> if you wake up the engine. I am in normal mode, which means it is using the EV as it can to assist me, but it also isn't draining it all the way, and the, and the engine will recharge the battery as necessary. Of course, you can go into the actual charge mode. All of these things are possible. I drive this, and I just feel like this is the right vehicle for Mazda with the wrong drivetrain. I think I would the like PHD this significantly driving? more mm. in Turbo S4 with the straight six. Yes. There's not enough upside for me in this PHEV to go, yep, this is the one you should get. I think yeah. the, the body control here is actually very good. It, to your point, feels very big and it is, there's no question that it's heavy. That's definitely the case. But that's this market segment. It feels pretty so composed sitting over here. This is the first but, time I've ridden But that's here. the key thing. The composure is superb. Yeah. The body control is excellent. I, I, the steering is, is not communicative, but it's sharp. It's sharper than most. And so I For appreciate rows, the fact that, that yes. Mazda is continuing to do the really good dynamics that they know how to do. And that is evident here. I, I want this to have a personality because of the way that it looks. Sure. And the fact that it has a taut, dynamic setup that doesn't feel sloppy. It's a big SUV, but it doesn't feel sloppy at all. Okay, okay. And then I'm dealing with this drivetrain that I am I'm either not impressed or just kind of snoozed by. Yeah, And I, I think, wait a minute, so many other people that have raved about this, if I look at their reviews, they, they drove the straight six, especially in turbo S form. And I just think that engine's bound to have some personality because nobody's making that engine anymore. A straight six turbo? Yeah. Nobody's making that anymore. BMW built their uh, reputation I mean, on the back of that idea. Mercedes and BMW still kind of are in, in various configurations. They are, but, yes. You know, they're putting I mean, them this, in there. This is why the Supra exists, because SUVs. Toyota went to chase it. And, and this is, you know, the, the B58, S58. Yeah. This is this is that by BMW. And this yeah. is Mazda stepping into that world. By the way, that's not a good noise. Yeah, that's ugly. Um, so I, mm, I, I want to have that engine. I bet you I would like this 25 to 50% more with that engine in it. And I don't feel like I'm getting a benefit from the plug-in hybrid. The plug-in hybrid was set up and tuned for North America. So Mazda clearly felt like they needed a plug-in hybrid in this market in the U.S. And I totally get that, and that's fine. But I own one now. Ah. And this, yeah, good point. this when driven like a plug-in hybrid, and what I mean by that is you're just going about your life. You're not trying to drive it hard. Right. You're right. just trying to be, you're not even trying to be efficient. You're just getting places. Just driving, yeah. This struggles with its transitions. Am I electric? Am I gas? What gear am I in? It's sometimes you can catch it out more than I expected because I think of Mazda as a company whose stuff is pretty refined most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so that also brings me back to that straight six. I had a few times in driving this and not doing anything dynamic with it where it just got a little bit drivetrain confused. Mm -hmm. And since I wasn't getting enough of a benefit from the drivetrain as a PHEV to begin with, I just thought, you know what? Chuck it. I want the straight six. I'll be happier. But if you get the straight six, you will still be getting the combined MPG rating <laughs> that this gets. After you get through so EV, yeah. There is still no argument to say, well, get the PHEV because you're getting better combined Nope, you're not because that straight six has the 48 volt starter generator that technology. That is true. That it's not like it's like just the internal combustion engine. It right. actually has the 48 volt. That's a good point. And think about this: if this weren't designed 
to house the inline six under the hood, yeah. it wouldn't look like this. True. Good point. So when I opened the hood, I found the cover, the engine cover, to be quite deceptive. It's so far back. Sure. sure. And there's just empty space. Yeah. Well, okay, they're offering different powertrains, but this was clearly designed around the straight six. I think you're right. I think I would actually really kind of dig this. Mm-hmm. 340 horsepower in the Turbo S. A little bit That's more a horsepower at the same amount of torque. A lot of times when you get a PHEV, that torque and power number is something that lesser versions won't give you. When yeah, this is yeah. matching the torque in Turbo S and giving you more horsepower, again, and the price isn't a big jump. You might have a, th- a few thousand dollars in this model to model. You might just break 60 grand with the Turbo S. I keep coming back to my headline, which is right <laughs> vehicle, wrong drivetrain. I really wonder how much I'd like this. That's also new other from engine. Mazda. That is new from <laughs> Mazda. That is funny, yeah. I keep coming back to MPG and combined output because the, the pH the plug-in hybrid part doesn't matter get just the regular hybrid and buy a Toyota Grand Highlander which has more (laughs) space and is even more efficient in any hybrid uh, configuration interesting all right I see where you're going and you're chasing they've got more power if you're chasing seven-seater and you're chasing efficiency you're right you do better more space yeah okay that's a sad reality I don't see the point of this at that point so you have to train yourself to use EV only mode that's the only benefit you will get from buying this. And you have to be easy on the throttle in that EV mode, more so than a lot of PHEVs are driven. You have to be really like, you just, we're, just, we're gonna get there. Yes. Calm down. Yes. Because if you ask for much, it'll instantly kick the engine on. Here's the big mystery in the room for me though. In their all new discussion, Mazda mm. talked about the fact this is their all new and first thing on their full size platform they're offering in the US. Yeah. We have a turbo hybrid assisted straight six and yeah. an all new full size platform. Mazda, what are you doing? What else is coming? Oh, yeah. Because this is yeah. interesting, but this is the bones of something they're going to amortize out as other vehicles. And I want to know six. what those are. Yeah. I want to know are we talking about a five or seven series competitor on this, like a nice fun sedan? Are we talking about a GT car with that straight six? I like that. This, I like that a this lot. This platform and drivetrain and the whole discussion of all new suggests other things are coming Mm. to make this make financial sense. Even though it's going to make money on this platform, they're going to have to amortize it out. And I hope we can get this again with the Turbo S straight six. I agree. This feels like a token offering for people who are looking for it, Mm. but it's not good enough to justify your dollars because Grand Highlanders, guess what? They're also 60 grand fully loaded. Yeah, fair point. 